Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to. Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel production. My name is Alex Gruskin. Hard to believe, but our two weeks of the U.S. Open, almost over. We were treated to a fantastic women's final last night. If today's men's final can you know, be even half of that quality, us tennis fans in good hands. So we will talk about that women's final, preview the men's final. If you are not tuning in, you should also know we are doing this podcast live on YouTube, video aspects, so you see my face. Now, the beautiful face of the man joining me is my doubles partner, partner in crime. And I'm going to be honest, the man who intimidated me so much into shaving and getting a haircut prior to this second live podcast, Maxwell Labauer Rothman. Maxie, what have you thought of the U.S. Open? Well, first of all, the best part was getting the picture of you to the group chat of the fresh shave and the fresh haircut. It, honestly, that was that a was that a, a professional shave job? Did you, have, did you pay someone to do that or is that uh, all you? Costco's finest electric shaver, baby. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, obviously this this U.S. Open has been great. Uh, I know, you know, for from our perspective, we love to see different people in the finals. I mean, we had a semifinal with three non-big four players. I'll give you the give you it this time, Greskin. Um, but yeah, it, it's cool to see that. And then, of course, on the women's side, uh, just seeing you know Andreescu, 19 years old, versus Serena, you know, 37. Serena won her first U.S. Open before Andreescu was even born. So, uh, you know, being able to see such a you know, drastic difference in age, the largest age gap, uh, I think, in the open era, at least on the women's side. So uh, all just uh, amazing things this tournament and uh, a lot to talk about before we before we see this men's final. As people who grew up with Roger Federer, Rafa, Djokovic, Murray, Serena dominating the game to get, you know, two of those players in the final who are now facing off against up and comers, people our generation who've been playing tennis simultaneously with us, the Andrescu's, the Medvedevs, that's the sort of thing that we've been waiting for as tennis fans. We haven't gotten that chance. You know, Tsitsipas, uh, Kyle Edmund, Hyun Chung, Dominic Team, sort of, but he's a little bit older. On the men's side, those were the only guys to even make Grand Slam semifinals. And now for Daniil Medvedev, the perfect feather in the cap of a perfect hardcore summer, you know, final at DC, final in Montreal, win Cincinnati, now the final here. And rescues, it's not even a summer, it's a year, just an amazing year from her. We will talk about all of those things. In fact, Max, I think, oh, I, I should say if you have missed any of our content because, you know, you want to get ready before this last uh, match is played. You want to know what happened in the semifinals. What should I expect? Mini breaks throughout the week. Uh, you know, I appreciate the job you did. Our super producer, Daniel Westoff, on the line in our ears. Hopefully I get a chuckle out of him when he, I say he did. Not too bad from him. Not you know, too really, bad. Yeah, I really bad. appreciate his effort over the past two weeks. But with that being said, let's start with our women's final from last night. Number 15, seed Bianca Andreescu, dare I say, the player of 2019 on the women's side. Everyone will be talking about when you look back on the season, you know, we had an Ashley Barty title. We had a Naomi Osaka major title, by the way, first major of the year this year. 
And it feels like all of that drowned out because of the success the young Canadian was able to have. She comes in for her first U.S. Open and wins the title 6-3-7-5 over number 18 Serena Williams, thwarting Serena's quest for title number 24. Now, of course, we'll talk about the Serena aspect of this. We'll talk about the tennis that we saw. But the place we have to start out is simply put, I mean, Bianca Andreescu, from ball one of this U.S. Open to the last strike, she was the best player in the tournament. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just first of all, starting a little bit further back to her entire year of tennis, she started this year ranked 152. If you told me that Bianca Andreescu was going to win the 2019 U.S. Open at the beginning of this year, I'd say you're crazy. Absolutely crazy. I don't think anybody expected that. Uh, but obviously, just an unbelievable run for her The the last, what is it now, you know, three weeks going from Toronto up until here. She she wins Toronto, uh, you know, gets the, the retirement from Serena in that final and then gets her rematch against Serena, you know, this tournament. So, you know, of, of course, this is just everything that Bianca could have dreamed of. But it goes uh, it, back even further than that. I mean, you talk about no one expecting her, her to days? win. The U- well, yes, even in the right. junior days when she was that good. But the breadcrumbs were there from the beginning. First year of the tournament, Auckland, right? She goes through qualifying, ends up making the finals there. Now, at the time, she beat Caroline Wozniacki, who is number three in the world. So in context, impressive. She beats Venus in three sets. She beats C in three sets. She beats Gerges, who I think was a quarterfinal semifinalist here in three. Or she loses that final in three sets. But the breadcrumbs were there. Obviously, she struggled with injuries. We didn't get to see her a lot on the clay courts this year. And I'm sure that's something we'll be looking at moving forward. But I think she's, what, like 48, 49, and 4-ish on the year at this point. She won Including 100, the U.S. Open, yes. Yeah, she won 125K in January. Now she wins the U.S. Open here. She won uh, West, or Western Southern. She won Indian Wells in between, as you mentioned. She won the Rogers Cup on the hard court. I think you have to say she is you know, 2019, at least the best WTA player on hard court right now. Oh, I mean, she's, she's about to win a lot of awards. She's going to win newcomer of the year, best, mm-hmm. potentially newcomer and best player of the year, which I think has never been done before. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just an unbelievable season and looking at her tournament results just here in, in the U S open, this was not an easy route to the final. I mean, she takes out Flipkins, she takes out Wozniacki, she takes out Townsend, Mertens, Benchich, and then, of course, takes out the all-time great Serena Williams. So, I mean, it, it just, it really doesn't get much better than that. And she said it herself, you know, this is a dream come true and she can't believe it. And and I don't blame her. I don't think I would be able to believe it either. I, I, I'm a little bit offended that you left out Katie Volley, and that's USDA San Diego champion, a girl who was kind enough to come on our Cracked Interviews podcast if you want to hear more about another talented young player on the come up. But yeah, I mean, Bianca Andreescu from, again, from the beginning of this tournament to the end, simply stunning. She only drops two sets along the way. And even more specifically, let's talk about this match against Serena, because when you start to get into the match stats, just... First of all, even before then, Andrescu holds serve to start the match. She breaks Serena to start the match as well. How many times have we seen a Federer, a Djokovic, a Nadal go up 2-0 on a guy like a Berrettini or a Rublev or something like that, and then it's just over? Well, we had the complete reverse of situations here. We talked about in the get-go, Bianca Andrescu is going to need to make first serves. There's probably not a better player, again, in WTA history than Serena Williams at attacking a second serve. Well, in this match, Andrescu, 45 
55 of 68 on first serves for 66% win percentage, 64% uh, win percentage on her first serve going 29 of 45. We knew she was going to struggle on the second serve. She did only nine of 23, but more importantly, you know, she faces only eight break points versus uh, creating 13 against Serena. Serena only three of eight on break points. Bianca Andreescu six of 13. Even when she got broken, she created more opportunities for herself. Just kept plugging away at Serena. I really also enjoyed the way she targeted Serena's body on the serve. She went, I'm not going to give you any openings. I'm going to go hard at you. And it was just, it was brilliant tennis from someone who you have to remember is 19 years old. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Yeah, I mean... First of all, the the first set first serve percentage was was even more ridiculous. Eighty four percent on yeah. her first serve in that unbelievable. First set. I mean, the first set she was just on it. But I think the most impressive thing the entire match were her returns. Her the the ability for her to take a Serena second serve, which is not a bad second serve. That thing can kick up. She's still hitting it in that low one hundred mile an hour range and just blasting it back. And the thing that she did really well was put it back up the middle, put it right at Serena's feet, and that next ball coming back, you know back in the middle, a little bit short in the court, gave her that chance to pull her out wide, hit it down the line, hit it away from Serena. And it, it, Serena talked about it afterwards. I mean, it the whole time she was on her on the on her heels when when Andreescu was returning. And uh, I was saying this to you, you know, yesterday, she out Serena Serena. I mean that's that's literally what she did. We we see it too often, Serena just picking on the second serves of all these WTA players. And Andreescu brought it right back at Serena, and, and it was unbelievable to watch, especially for a 19-year-old. But she also attacked Serena in a variety of ways. When she was Absolutely. in trouble, she went loopy and high, right, buying herself time. She mixed in the slices. The, the drop slice shots, was keeping. so crucial for her. She she really did a good job of keeping Serena uncomfortable. I also thought it got to a point where Serena started pressing. You're going to be losing in the finals of, the, of a major. Any player is going to have a second wind in them. They're going to start going for things. And, you know, I want to talk about Serena's comeback in a second. But for Andrescu, 19 winners against 17 unforced airs. When you recognize your opponent, Serena, 33 winners against 33 unforced airs. But she really was, you know, trying to be the aggressor because she, you know, a 38-year-old, regardless of who they are, doesn't want to play any defense on a court. And you can understand that. And Serena Williams just, you don't want to say she got out Serena. I mean, I don't, you don't not want to say it. Um, But even like, even regardless of that, she just, didn't have a chance to play the match on her terms. This match was played on Bianca Andreescu's terms. And it was funny because getting into that comeback, though, Serena did. She put together a little fight at the end. I mean, as a typical 23-time Grand Slam champion would. See, I think still the comeback was still on Andreescu's terms. I think Andreescu's nerves got to her. We saw some double faults, although we saw too many double faults from Serena in this match. I mean, eight, eight on the match, but all at crucial times. Uh, and I mean, we saw her, we saw her double fall the way, I think two, two games, two service games on break point. She double faulted. So, uh, but again, I, I really think that this comeback from Serena was on Andreescu's terms. She got a little nervous, started missing some shots. She hadn't been missing all match. 
Uh, and, you know, it's the kind of thing where you're like, oh, no, is this about to creep back in uh, into Andreescu's mind? Is she about to let this kind of get all the way back to a third set? And if that happened, I think uh, it might have been game over for her. But I, well, I don't – Here's I, I just Sorry, say, I, don't think, thing, I don't think Serena was the one that necessarily changed things around too much. Made, made a few more balls. I think she decided to to put a few more in play, but it was the nerves of, of Andre Eskew. And the, the way those nerves manifested themselves, you, again, you mentioned that 84 first serve percentage in the first set. Second set, she's 24 of 43 on first serves, right? Only 56%. Even though percentage-wise, she wins 42% of the points on her second serve in the second set. She went one of four on second serve points in the first set. Four second serve points. That's going to get the job done always. In this set, eight of 19. So you're right. Serena did have more chances to attack. I also thought Serena... You, you mentioned still being played on Andrescu's terms. I mean, Serena found no rhythm in this match at any point. The first serve had abandoned her, you know, only 21 of 42, 50% of her first serves in. That's not Serena Williams tennis. She had success when she was able to make that first serve 16 of 21 on the match. But again, she was playing so many points on her second serve. She was being pushed back uh, so often. Or sorry, 34 of 77 on the first serve for the match, 44%. 25 of 34 on the first serve points for Serena, but 13 of 43 on second serve points in total. 30%. I mean, a 33 winner to 33 unforced error ratio sounds fine, but Serena Williams, and it's not the first one in a row, right? You're never going to doubt Serena, but she is, you know, her last two years, 37, 38 years old, her last four major finals, she's lost them all. And it's been things because either A, you know, the first serve abandons her, B, her opponent's able to attack her in ways we've never missed, att- you know, attack a prime Serena. And it's obviously not prime Serena. But looking forward, Max, that she was able to make a Wimbledon final, make a U.S. Open final. Uh, what's your outlook on Serena 2020? Well, last thing before I, I, I talk about Serena 2020, I think just the, the lack of net points from Serena. I, I think she was what? Uh, yeah, nine of 11 on the day. Wild, good conversion. I feel like we typically get a lot more of Serena at the net. She, she feels like she's able to come in, put pressure behind the ball, uh, and follow it forward. And, uh, you know, again, just talking about how Andre, it was on Andre Gessie's turn able to get momentum. Uh, that that kind of speaks to her inability to, to move in. But uh, moving forward, I mean, look, she's made, I think, four finals in two years. And that's not too shabby. She's 37. She's had a kid. Uh, and she's obviously still ripping the ball. So I am not worried about her. In the long run, um, you know, long run being the next two years, I think she's still got in her. You can expect to see Serena, you know, in the the finals of at least one or two more Grand Slams over the next two years. But I think she's going to have to to figure some things out, you know, start being, you know, even more aggressive than she's been, not letting someone put her on her heels because she's not, you know, she's not as fast as she once was, not when she was in her 20s and she's had a kid. So I think that's something you have to, to take into account. Uh, and an interesting stat, Venus made the finals of a Grand Slam in 1997 and her, her first one in 97 and her last one in 2017. Serena made her first finals of a Grand Slam in 1999. And this, you know, this Grand Slam obviously is in 2019. So uh, maybe there's something there with the the Williams sisters, you know, 20 years apart. That's your last Grand Slam final. I don't know, but uh, kind of a cool stat to, to think about. I don't I, You talk for Serena. I think she's now, you, you know, I have seven. So 20, 25 and 
six on the year. I mean, she still had an excellent season, even though she's not playing as much as she did. You know, finals of the past two Wimbledons, finals of the past two U.S. Opens, through seven matches in this tournament, she only dropped three sets, two of them in the last match, obviously, two of them by a 7-5 score. You remember the McNally set from earlier in the tournament feels like a lifetime ago, but of course it did happen. Yeah, I mean, don't write off Serena. The things she does well, She's still going to hold serve when she's making 80% of her first serves like she did in the quarterfinals of semifinals. She's still going to put immense pressure on players who aren't making first serves themselves as she did in this final against Andrescu. Um, Mentally, is the quest to 24 getting to her? It's hard to say no, given that she lost two finals after going, what, winning five of seven finals from 2015 to the start of 2017. Now, obviously, she's had a kid. Obviously, physically, uh, there are things that she can't do that she used to be able to. But still, don't be surprised. And, you know, we wonder when are we going to be able to write off the big three. Throw Serena in that group. When are we going to be able to write her off? We don't know. This level, if she can continue to reach it, you know, so impressive from her. But moving on to Andrescu and looking forward for her, we talked about the success she's had this season. Just simply ridiculous. You look at her in the live rankings now. She's up to number five. Obviously a career high for her. You look in the WTA race. uh, She is now number four in that race. So it looks like she is going to make the WTA final. She's got a comfortable margin over uh, five, six, seven, and eight. I mean, what it? She struggled with injuries this year. We haven't really got to see her soothe out a full clay season. But again, you saw the Justin Trudeau's of the world, all of these people reaching out and you know congratulating because it looks like we have. I, how can I say that? I, it's hard to struggle with the hyperbole because you want to say, oh, Andrescu, she's going to win a million. But then it's like Osaka's still there and Ashley Barty's still there. There are just so many talented players. Where does Andrescu fit in for you? Well, well, Osaka, I think, is kind of the perfect person to look at as far as where we might see Andrescu moving forward. Andrescu had an amazing year, no doubt. Just won her first Grand Slam. Osaka, how old is she? 21, right? And she won like that. She won two Grand Slams and since then has been, you know, good. Absolutely like fine. Making quarterfinals of Grand Slams, making, you know, semifinals of of Master Series uh, tournaments. I think we can potentially expect something similar from Andreas moving forward. She she's gonna have good success. I would I would expect her to be winning those early round matches in the the one thousands in the Grand Slams, but trying to expect a nineteen year old to carry this kind of success for the next, whatever, 10 years. I mean, that's like, you know, you're you're just, it's way too much to put on someone at this point. We've only seen her have the success for this year. I I think people's expectations are going to be really high, uh, but we need to temper them a little bit. We need to say, okay, she's fantastic. She's going to stay and and continue to play the game that she's playing. And you're going to see a lot of good results from her. But, uh, you know, over under five grand slams over the next five years, Probably taking the under. Here's the thing. Next five at the end of those, she'll be 24. So it's like, what about the five after that? Maybe right. even the five after that. That's I mean, she just has such part. a long career in front yeah. of her. And it's funny because a lot of players and Osaka did a great job this year defending her points, right? She had a slam title to work with, but then she has the early slam title in Australia as a buffer to kind of sit on all year long. For Bianca Andrescu, it's interesting because she won Indian Wells, right? She won uh, in Montreal or Toronto, wherever they were. She won this U.S. Open. But there were a lot of weeks that she didn't play. And there's still 
an Australian Open, a French Open, a Wimbledon for her to gather points. I mean, number five is like light. She could work her way into the top three simply by playing more. And that's going to be a fascinating dynamic to watch. It's now you are the top player. Now everyone's gunning for you. Now you're into all of these tournaments. How do you adjust? And, you know, dream scenario, right? She's never going to have to worry about paying for a check again in Canada. She's never going to have to worry about, oh, how am I going to get my flight to Edwardsville, Illinois for this 25K? That part of the equation done for the 19-year-old. But now there's new pressures. How do you handle the pressure of being the top dog? And yeah, even in, you know, the WTA finals this year, that's going to be something fun to monitor is, are these top players going after her more? And it's just, it's always thrilling. We beg for one of the young guys to do this on the ATP side. And it's just so nice to see on the WTA side, how many talented, young, diverse, different, you know, different styles of play uh, from these young talents we see on the WTA circuit. I mean, the the thing about her too, she plays such a demanding and physical game uh, that you do hope that she can stay healthy. And she's been injured. And yeah, and and it's shown. I mean, she is so athletic the way she's able to slide to her backhand slice into her backhand uh, when she just comes over the top. And I mean, she's all over the court. So uh, you hope that she stays healthy and continue this level of play. But like you said, three point eight five million dollars for winning the U.S. Open. I mean, not too bad. Westoff, give me a not too bad, please. I don't know. I don't know if we can do that live, but podcast. Uh, uh, The the wizard will figure it out. Exactly. Um, And again, shout out to anyone checking out this live show. Rothman rocking the black crack racket shirt, the little pocket tee. I myself, a Detroit Pistons fan. And we appreciate you diverting a couple of times from your first football Sunday. But yeah, with that being said, what a two weeks it has been. A huge shout out has to go to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who have done an of a job over these past two weeks editing all of the content, keeping you listeners up to date on all things going on with the U.S. Open. Again, if you've missed anything or you're going to look forward to some recap content, our website, CrackedRackets.com, this podcast, the great, this is podcast is the Great Shot podcast. So the mini break podcast, the Cracked Interviews podcast, like, rate, subscribe, review, share with your friends. You can find all of those Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast. For the more immediate updates, you want to, you like this live show, you want to know what we're Cracked Rackets team are thinking during this slam. At Cracked Rackets is the Twitter account, it's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Thank you to all of our listeners who did take the time to tune into this live show. It's something we hope to work in more and more or at least it seems like Westoff won't edit our stuff unless we add a video component so we really are doing this to satisfy him but again we're we're camp- it's not just a radio voice right i've got the face for it as well certainly captain well, Stacey max rothman does as well uh so you know we uh we're looking forward to doing this more and more i was gonna say i don't want to bring us back to our uh club tennis national championship days but uh, some someone on the uh, on the mic called us uh, the faciest team in in the in the entire nation. So. In fairness, they were quoting us, calling us the faciest <laughs> team in the nation. But still, uh, funny. It still counts. But with all of that being said, for our super producers Max Flingner and Daniel West, uh, for my wonderful co-host Maxwell Bauer Rothman, and from the entire teams at both the Crack Records and Tennis Channel podcast networks, I am your host Alex Struskin. Maxi, what do we tell our listeners? Hey, great shot. And we will see you all after the final. Enjoy, everyone.